Hey everyone, it's Sensaving. Yeah, yes. Uh, this is episode <coughs> 172 of the Journeypreneur podcast. Uh, so I'm really excited um, to get to share with you channeled holistic stress management techniques, guidance, inspiration, and motivation from the best to stay on your path to rapid financial ascension and massive impact as a conscious entrepreneur. And so in this podcast episode, I have the honor and pleasure of sharing with you a dear friend of mine, Luke Cardinal from NucoInternational.com. He is a conscious leadership coach and just an incredible, soulful man. Luke, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you, Victoria. Thank you. It's an honor to be here, too. <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. And so... I'm, I'm so happy that we get to share um, our energy with everyone and we, we know and love uh, one another. Absolutely. And this may be the very first time someone is getting to learn about you or hear about um, you and your work in the world. So if you could tell us uh, in your own words, my dear, what it is you do, especially what are the three things that you're known for? Could you tell us? Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I think I can. I won't take a lot of time and tell a very long story. Uh, I'm 63 years old now, but I can go back all the way to being eight years old because I printed in my memory an event then. And it's the following. I was seeing friends fighting with one another. And I'm from Quebec. I'm a Francophone. So this is happening in the north part of Montreal, Quebec. Uh, and Quebec being a province on the right side of Canada, <laughs> um, sort of an island of French-speaking people in, in an ocean of uh, English-speaking people, just to set the context a little bit. So it's 1966, and I remember it's 1966 because I see friends fighting, as I was saying, and I hear a voice in my head saying, my God, I mean... It's 1966, and they're fighting like cavemen. That can be. There has to be more. And for some reason, when that happened, I told myself, print this memory. Don't forget this, Luke. Remember it. Remember this. It's very important you remember this. So I sort of printed that. And that's been a constant in my life. A lot of instances where I kind of connected with something and consciously wanted to make sure that I would not forget that. And, but then I forgot about it. <laughs> and, but it came back later, of course. And I think I must have been like 12 years old. So that's like four years later. And my sister, there's something going on in the family. That, that I don't remember exactly what, but there's a lot of chaos and tension. And my sister is not happy with me because I'm insisting that we solve this thing in our family. And she said, oh, you, you're, you're such a creveur d'abcès in French, which, which means the one that pokes at the abscess. You know when you have an abscess too? You know? Yeah, right on. Yeah, yeah. But somehow I had this energy to do that. And then I forget about that. And, you know, life took its course and I lived the American dream and I had a nice job and a nice family and I had kids and a house and I was ready, getting ready for the, the chalet and then the, the, the sea-doo and all the toys, you know, and then it all fell apart. 
And this is when I remembered somehow after a lot of work on myself and a lot of digging and a lot of wondering, a lot of doubt and a lot of questioning, uh, it's sort of, I had to go back to something more solid than circumstances out there that I was sort of clinging to in terms of security, image, uh, um, performance, uh, doing what needs to be done and so on. So sort of an internal kind of a journey. Um, and the result of it all today at 63 years old, because I've been sort of working quote unquote on myself ever since, uh, has been to reconnect to that vision somehow. And so I'm known now to help leaders to get out of something they don't even know they're into that actually saps life from them. Because I would say that, I don't know what the percentage is, you know, this is not a statistic, an exact science, but I would say like 95% of the population, including entrepreneurs, are stressed out of their mind and they don't even know it because they've been stressed for so long. It's sort of their way of life, you know? So I'm really known to get them to get out of that. As a matter of fact, four years ago, I was invited to give a talk to over 500 entrepreneurs about hard coherence, which is the other thing I'm known for. So psychology of stress, uh, how it, what, what happens in your body, what happens in your heart, what happens in your head, the kind of thinking you're into when you're stressed, uh, what happens to the vibration of your heart, because I did study neuroscience i'm a neuro coach so i can tell you now that uh, and i couldn't tell you when i was uh, six that's for sure or eight years old but now i can i can tell you that we have three brain victoria you may know that science has proved it this is not science fiction this is not hairy fairy kind of information it does sound like that the first time you hear it well we have three brains we have a brain in our head that we knew about some people don't know that <laughs> but they're not on that podcast. <laughs> uh, we have a brain you know, in our heart and we have a brain in our gut. And I think English speaking people knew that a long time ago because there's an expression, my gut feeling tells me whatever. And there's a lot of talk about leading from the heart. But what does that mean for most people? Here's what it means and what I've learned and what I've known for as well. Um, because I also studied with HeartMath Institute in the States and I became a certified HeartMath coach about heart coherence. And we can talk about heart coherence for the ones who may be asking themselves, what is heart coherence? Bring us into that through questions if you want a bit, a bit later. So, but the, the one thing that really, I mean, it hit me like a two by four and, and, and the forehead when I at first discovered that we had three brains because it explained a whole lot to me in my world, but also that science now has demonstrated that we have an electromagnetic field coming out of the heart area, which according to present technologies can be measured going all the way up to about three meters. So that's about 20 feet. Um, there are studies being conducted right now throughout the planet to demonstrate that it may be a lot more than that. We just don't have the technology to measure it. So what does it say? Um, why am I stressing that right now? Why am I talking about the electromagnetic field of the heart? Think of a phone. What is a phone, a cell phone? A cell phone. It, 
it is using electromagnetic technology to connect to a power. Once the link is established, that field will enable voice and data to travel like a tunnel, you know, electromagnetic field, having the voice, the information, the data traveling. That's what cell phones are about. So we have an electromagnetic field here. What travels on it is sort of the first question people wonder, your state, your state of being. This is what had, I believe it's Henry Toro, a writer from the States who said, who you are speaks so loudly that I can't hear what you're saying. So with that knowledge, working with entrepreneurs and leaders uh, in, in Canada and in the States and in Europe, it, for the first time often they realize, hey, so what are the implications of that? It's like opening a whole new toolbox for leadership. What does that mean? It means if you're feeling stressed, stay in your office because you've learned to put a mask, go in the shop and say, hi guys, how are you doing? Because you just have bad news from the accountant or whatever, and you want to sort of feel better. So you go out, hey, come on guys, let's do it. And all that stuff. And then once you're gone, employees look at themselves and they go, what was that about? They can't figure it out, but their heart got the information, which is called heart chaos because you're stressed. That's the name of it. It's chaotic information. They can't explain it, as I said, but they feel it. Because we know now also that the electromagnetic field of the heart is, is, is perceived by all mammals. That could explain why dogs get nervous around nervous people. That could explain why a baby that's nervous, but that's healthy, that's been fed, you just can't calm the baby. And what do we do? Look at what you've just done. You go to your heart. We go to our heart unconsciously, which is where intuition resides. And it tells us, we don't, it does not even go in our heads. We don't even comprehend it. But somehow we're moved to bring the baby in somebody's heart. Uh, I mean, uh, arms. Why that person? Because we know, we don't know, but we know that that person is calm. The electromagnetic field of the heart is coherent. And the baby is having trouble because it's chaotic. So if you move the baby's heart very close to a coherent heart, and that's in our nature, the heart will go, oh, coherence, will tune to it. And that's why the baby calms down in 30 seconds, 45 seconds, a minute. Now, the implications of that in listening skills, in leadership skills, in mobilizing teams, uh, in being a true leader, are unbelievable. It's like a whole new field of study, but also it makes it so much simpler to be a good leader. You don't have to fix yourself. You don't have to be better at anything. You don't have to stop anything. You just have to realize who you truly are and do what's necessary to have your heart being coherent. And of course, this is what I bring in coaching and in teaching and in classes and in, in talks and in, in and speaking that you can do something about it. And it's so very simple. Let's, let's take an example, okay? For all of us listening right now, you know, we can just close our eyes, I'll do the same. And as you do, you put your, your, one of your hands on your heart. So, so, and then 
Let's go into it. This is a heart coherence exercise, and we can explain what this is about. So I bring my attention to the region of my heart. Breathing a little slower and deeper than usual without becoming uncomfortable. Breathing in five seconds. Breathing out five seconds. I keep my attention in that region. Maybe thoughts arise. I recognize them, let them go. Keep, keep breathing in that lower, deeper breathing rhythm. And at the same time now, think of someone, some place, some animal that every time I'm in touch with that person, that place, that animal, I feel wonderful. Can you think of someone? Can you think of a, a dog, a cat? Can you think of a place? Now visualize, feel that place, that person, that animal. And automatically something magic happens. You start having that feeling like if that person, that place, that animal was right there or you were right into that spot. Still breathing a little deeper, a little slower than usual. Now, if we're going to do that for a minute or two more, this is all it takes to come back to a coherent state. I'm sure many of us now can feel the difference, ever so subtle, because also the mind, now that I'm speaking about what it does, will want to understand and will say, well, it's not really doing anything for some people. It is. It's very subtle at the beginning. For some, it's, it's dramatic, like huge difference. And of course, this is not all you want to do. You want to start with that. And there's many ways that we can cultivate that field so that when we communicate with people, what we think, what we say, how we feel, the feelings in our bodies and our actions are one. And I would say that that's the one thing that drives me ever since I was eight years old. Something wrong. I mean, there has to be more. You know, I could see the chaos somehow. I couldn't explain it that way. So it became a passion of mine to help my clients to really be aligned with their true vision so that they can realize their most magnificent dream their most magnificent contribution and use their company not as a prison because i have to say a lot of entrepreneurs start in, a, in their business to be free and they end up being slaves of their company so and and also at some point their business does not even look like that i was just with a client this morning uh, who's done wonderful work we've been working together for a few months and he was stuck quote unquote, as the owner and uh, president and general manager of his business. And he says, and he was so frustrated and he said, look at my pile. You know, the thing that I never get to do is what I love the most because I've got all of those responsibilities. And so I said to him, so when are you going to start doing that? He said, well, I can't. And through conversations, through calming him, through bringing him into his heart, he's got a new title now which is innovation agent. And there's no more general manager in his company. The whole team, there's five people. They said, 
we will be general managers together and we will each take a bite at whatever is necessary. So now we can concentrate on being uh, this uh, innovation agent. And you know what's the first thing he did? He revisited his vision, his mission, his values, which are becoming reasons of being of his business and his beliefs. And he's actually now working on uh, having clarity on what he's there for and what's coming out that he gets up in the morning to make anything better, relationships, machinery. Uh, and so that's the innovation that he brings. That's going to change completely the way he presents himself and his company. So that's in essence, my work. And it, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun because you can see transformations very, very, very quickly because we're stuck now in the self-help growth coaching business into fixing ourselves. And all it does, and that's the concept that I bring, is bring us a little further into a box that I call the box of conditioning because we've been conditioned from the age of zero to 20, 21, 22 years old. And we still are conditioned after that. But the main part of it was done in that age. In psychology, we say this is when the personality crystallizes itself. And this is what we measure with the psychometric tools. I'm also a psychometric user, and I've been certified for many years with that. And even the tool that I use has one basic problem, and they all do, whether it's Myers-Briggs, whether it's MPO, which is the one I use, ADO in the States, uh, whether it's, uh, you might know names of different uh, Herman, and so there's so many of them. But they all, they all have texts that come out of those psychometric uh, uh, surveys that say, Victoria is like this. Victoria, when facing a challenge, will put herself in a room and figure it out before she comes out again. Like they, it measures behavior, but it's a, it's a bit ignorant in a way because it actually associates behavior with the person. But for the most part, our behavior comes from our box of conditioning, how we've been conditioned. And this is why, you know, I, I, I sort of woke up to that many years ago after delivering hundreds of, uh, of test results to clients. And so many would say, this is unbelievable. You know, it's so precise. It really speaks about me, but I feel a bit uncomfortable. It's, it's like being put in a box. This is where the idea comes. And if people go on the website, they'll see boxes everywhere. So what, what are we saying here? is we get stuck in a box of conditioning. With time, we say, I, 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 describing how we've been conditioned. I didn't wake up one morning and say, hey, mom, I'm going to be Luke. You know, I took this information from her and all my behaviors from what was acceptable, what would give me an extra cookie or one less slap in the back of the head. That became who I think I am. So it's the identity is not residing in the right place. Our identity is residing in something we created out of survival, wanting to be in, like secure, wanting to be loved, uh, uh, taken as we are, wanting to have some sort of intelligence and have something we, want, we can contribute. Not necessarily going with what was natural for us, but with what was in our family accepted as being good, bad, or whatever. And now we say, oh, hi, I'm Luke Cardinal, and I'm a coach, and blah, 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 blah. 
No, this is a, who am I? I'm the observer. I'm the consciousness behind the personality. And when you look at it this way, you can even see the personality as a puppet that took over our life. So what I bring to my client is become the puppeteer again. And use the person. You don't want to throw out the personality. You don't want to eliminate anything you might perceive that's not good or negative in you. No, because whatever you perceive as being negative is a gift. There's something behind it. There's, a, there's something you had to develop in yourself to not see that, to push it aside or whatever. But once you recollect it, you become whole and become complete again. And eventually you have a tool called a personality and you use it and you put yourself in the right position so that you can really be happy. Your personality can sort of realize that you've taken over and it can relax and be a tool as opposed to leading the life, which is not meant to be. And that's why we have the world that we have right now. And it's fantastic. People will go, what? What's fantastic? Yeah, the situation now with COVID and everything, of course, it shakes everything up. But that's it. It shakes the very foundation of society. And it's really not over. Because now it's COVID. But what will happen with all these confinements and not being able to hug our loved ones and, and having to wear masks all the time? In Quebec, where I come from, they're having a conversation now, having kids, three, four, five years old at school, having a mask all day. There's freaking formaldehyde in there. Why would we do that? You know, so, so it's going to shake the very foundation of who we are. But if we were to really take a step back and, and sort of, okay, that's okay, maybe, maybe not. Maybe you can agree with what I'm saying or not. It doesn't matter. If we just move ourselves away, what's really going on? Consciousness. There's, people are becoming conscious. People are asking more questions of themselves and eventually of the government and so on and so forth. So very long answer to your question, because I'm using my tool, my personality, which is an expressive kind of a tool, and I know it's really good at it. And that's what comes out when I'm being asked such a question. So I'm known for stress relief, but in a very different way. I'm known for heart coherence, applying different techniques so that I can feel better and I can be a better leader, and I can have teams that are more mobilized. Um, and that's the other thing, I guess, that I'm really known for, is to really bring thing, teams together, but with totally different technologies. And it's much faster. <laughs> I love there it. There we are. I love it, I love it. And it was the perfect length for me. You are. Uh, what I love about you is how expressive you are and your wealth of knowledge. Um, and so present to the wisdom of our bodies and our consciousness. So it's so beautiful to get to witness. Yeah. Mm. And, and let's leave an exercise to the one who are here that they can take away and change their life just with that little thing. I can hear now minds going, yeah, yeah, change my life with a little thing. I don't believe in that. That's fine. Don't believe in it, but try it anyways. Every hour or so, stop yourself. Set your watch, set your phone, set your computer, whatever. Stop yourself. If you're in a meeting, you can't stop right away. Do remember when you're done in a meeting in 15 minutes to do this. Very, very, very simple. Three questions. You stop and then you go, what was I thinking about when it rang? 
Well, and, and you'll realize with that very question, what was I think? Sorry, what was I thinking about? Often you won't even be able to answer. Because we have, according to National Science Foundation in the States, up to 55,000 thoughts a day. 55,000 thoughts a day is the equivalent, if you're up to 16 hours, approximately one thought every 0.8 seconds. Who's got time to think? It's automatic. And it's kind of sick. It's always the same thing. We find ourselves in the same situation over and over again. Oh, now we think we fixed it. We feel better. But it comes back to haunt us again. Why? Because we're stuck in those cycles. So, and what's the cycle? Automatic thinking. Now, if you're able to catch it, you write that down. So first question, it rings. Oh, what was I thinking about? Oh, I was sort of talking with myself about the present financial situation. And it's like, I was saying, mm -hmm. you know, like, and I'm not going to say the word on the podcast, but fill the blank with your own words. <laughs> People know that conversation. Okay. Second question. How am I feeling? Mm. That's a difficult one if, because now in corporate America, uh, emotional control is, is uh, the only, according to studies, emotional control, when they're looking at what is present in every promotion in corporate America, every, is there anything that we can say is there in every promotion? They only found one thing emotional control every promotion is given because of many reasons but amongst those reasons that person demonstrates that they can keep their cool under pressure huh. beautiful but here's the insidious side of it five years of emotional control 10 years of emotional control 15 years whatever the number you want a long time of emotional control eventually becomes emotional ignorance. But guess where are the emotions? They're in our bodies in that region here, right? And how do we end up being in a relationship with people? It's through those connections. We don't enter into a relationship in our head. Yeah, maybe we can measure a few things, you know, yeah, I like this and I like that. I don't like this, I don't like that. But really what has us enter in relationship and keeps us in relationship is the resonance of the energy of the heart. Emotional energy. But when you've been ignoring your emotions for so long, you don't know how you feel. So I'm, I'm, I'm saying that now because so many clients of mine, when I would ask them at the beginning, how do you feel about that? Oh, it shouldn't happen that way. How do you feel about that? Well, I've seen that in other companies and I'm seeing it here now and I don't like it. How do you feel about that? Well, it doesn't happen with all the other employees. How do you feel about that? Well, it shouldn't happen then more than once a week. How do you feel about that? Uh, what do you mean? Because <laughs> nothing was said about the feeling. Ah. Okay, and I, and I would say to them, so start with, I'm not feeling good. Yeah, it doesn't feel good, that's for sure. So how does it feel? Here's a list of emotions. And then they go, oh, frustrated, uh, ignored set aside then and then they would realize my god i've got all these emotions they're sort of stuck on the inside because i've been controlling emotion and 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 nature has a nice way of bringing things together newer generations i've got two sons 33 and 32 years old they're millennials and 
there's been a lot of bad press, a lot of bad writings about millennials being self-centered and, and they don't want a career plan and so on and so forth. It's all bullshit as far as I'm concerned because they're not recognizing leadership because emotional world is being ignored and they're questioning authority and, there's, and, and, and they're not following leaders and that's also known through studies. Why? Primary reason why they're not following leaders is because they're incoherent. They tell something, but they don't feel it. So they say, doesn't work. They're connected to that area. They know it doesn't work. Now, if we're very brain-centered and rational, we'll say, show me, prove it to me. They can't. Because it's just intuition. And that's the whole thing about intuition. We all have sort of a clock. Intuition presents itself in the form of a feeling, like a bulk information. You don't know exactly, but it's like, uh, no, maybe not. Mm, like doubt, if anything. Great if you have doubt. That's intuition speaking to you. It's not bad. You don't need to eliminate it so that you can move forward. No, no. Are you listening? What is it saying? And for some people, it means about 24 hours. I know my mechanic. It's a mechanic. So I know it. So I know. So if I can say, mm, something I'm not feeling here, okay, let's have the meeting tomorrow. Because we know that in 24 hours, I'll be able to explain. It takes about that through maybe sleeping or whatever else for that information to be processed so that I can explain what I'm feeling. I've got a, a client who, one of the girls uh, in, the, in the top team, wonderful woman. And, and she feels things. And in coaching, she was so frustrated. She said, you know, I'm feeling things. And it frustrates me so much because decisions are being made. I know it's not going to work because I can see we're doing the same mistakes that we've done before, but I'm not saying anything anymore because every time I did in the past, they would say, why? Why are you feeling that way? So are they bad? No. We just don't know. We just don't know the way we work. So how do we get to know a bit more how we work? Every hour you stop. One. What was I thinking about? How am I feeling? If you can't tell, that's a nice thing to notice. You need to connect yourself to that field of energy, your, your heart, to get to know how you feel. And the third question is, what is my need? What do I need? Example. Let's say that I'm a VP finance somewhere. I just made a huge presentation. We're buying some other company, $3 million. And I've got a personality that's very analytical, that digs in, that finds all the information, that, that has an aura for errors so that, you know, I really pad stuff and I make sure everything is good. And it's my role as a VP finance in that company, in that culture. So I'm really perfect at my job. But I forgot two slides for that presentation and it's a $3 million decision. But because of the three major needs of, of human beings, the third one being credibility, I might not say it. I might keep my face. I might not even feel it. So I'm going to continue and everybody will be fine. But let's say that my boss is usually somebody that's very expressive. And at the end, said, oh, look, man, what, wow, that was amazing. Thank you, man. But this time he just walks out the door. I get to my office, I pour myself a coffee, and I'm thinking, wow, that didn't go very well, did it? I think he noticed. But then uh, the phone rings, the email, I pushed that aside. 
Two weeks later, my, my boss comes to me and says, Luke, uh, you know the number you give me on the 15th every month? I'd like to have it on the 10th this month because of that $3 million investment. That's going to help me negotiate, blah, 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 blah. You can imagine. Oh, my God. It's like, it, this is my occasion. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find that. Yes, I'm going to do that. Difficult, but I know I can do it. So I do the work. It takes me 20 minutes. I have the number. But I'm credibility deficient right now. So I'm going to make that a 12-page report to impress my boss so that I can redeem myself. Mm. And then my, I will give it to my boss. Then you look at it, my partner, you know, my colleague, the president of the company, and he'll look at it and he'll find the number. Thank you. Now I'll go grab another coffee. That's two weeks later. Now, boy, that didn't go, bad. go very well two weeks ago. Didn't go very well this time. Just took his number. It's like um, he ignored me. What is going on? And if that repeats itself in time, I'll close myself in. Eventually, I'll probably leave. Um, so what was I thinking? Going back to the exercise, how am I feeling? What's my need? I have a need to feel credible. If I don't know that, we go all through those loops generated by the box of conditioning, and all the while, we're not being present, and our heart is chaotic. So how do you fix that? You start connecting to the three brain. What was I thinking? How am I feeling? What's my need? Which is very basic. Three brains. So going back to my story, presentation didn't go very well for me because I, I know I didn't use the right deck and I missed three slides or whatever. So I sit on my desk. I've got my coffee. What happened? I'm feeling, how am I feeling? I'm feeling crushed. It's like, I miss, how could I miss three slides? Three million bucks. My God, Luke, where were you? And then I go, oh, oh, here's what I'm thinking. I can because that's conversation that's on the inside. How am I feeling? I feel rotten. I feel really bad right now. What's my need? Oh my God, I feel to be credible on my own eyes. I made a mistake. I really hate it. Some personalities live in that way, I promise you. So what do I do? Pick up the phone. Hey, Jim, let's say that's the president. Can I see you for a minute? There's something going on. Sure, come right over. It's been five minutes now. I go to him and say, here's what's going on. I tell him what's happening in my head, how I'm feeling. He knows my personality and he looks at me. Oh, yeah. And, and, and I finish by, oh, and I realized that I didn't get the sort of the high five, the recognition at the end of the meeting. And then so the boss goes, my God, you're going down the rabbit hole with that one, aren't you, Luke? Wow, glad you came. First of all, the presentation was awesome. And I know, you know, you'll have like 25 slides in your deck when I really need five to make the decision. So you missed three. I didn't see any difference. And you're right. I didn't congratulate you. Didn't say anything because I had a text. Did you notice I had a text? Oh, no, I didn't. Well, yeah, you usually don't do that. But I knew something was going on. I kind of felt it. I looked, there was a text and my son broke an arm. So I had to go and take care of that. But you want a high five? I'll give you one now. Great. I go back, have another coffee. This one, it's really good. <laughs> I'm feeling good. So two weeks later, he comes back, asks me for that number on the 10 as opposed to the 15. I'll take 20 minutes. I'll put it on a goddamn post-it and give it to him. I don't need to steal two hours from the company to satisfy my need of credibility and yet not be able to do that. And I'll tell you 70% of the energy of employees and businesses is employed at satisfying needs that are unconscious 
with no efficiency whatsoever, of course, it's unconscious. How can you be responsible? If you're not conscious, you have needs and you're trying to take care of them because you can't help it and you don't even know you're doing it. So the transformation is massive when you realize that, massive. Back to the exercise, every hour, what was I thinking about? Well, at the beginning, you might not catch yourself. Eventually, you'll be good at it and you'll realize, oh, I was thinking that. Before that, I was thinking that. What is that? More presence happens just from asking the question in time, of course. Second question, how am I feeling? What's my need? Eventually, you'll realize every time you have automatic thinking and bad negative feelings, you've not taken care of a need. Mm. It's a recipe that's so simple, but that's the mechanic of human being. And that's what I've been studying for like 30, 40 years. And that's what became Newport International, the zone of higher performance, which is a neuroscientific model, six levels of consciousness. And how do you take care of it all? And how do you have the best body in your life, which is your personality? And then it looks at you and it goes, what are the instructions today? And it goes to work. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I love you. And I love that. It is so concrete. This is so concrete. Um, and as you describe that, um, I, you know me, I'm a big thinker. So I think to myself, gosh, if everyone was asking those three questions of themselves and everyone was able to communicate with those three levels of values or even vulnerability, those three levels of clarity, how beautiful it would be. And in this moment, it also draws my my awareness to our our listeners and viewers who are journeypreneurs. They're entrepreneurs that are purpose-driven and service-oriented. They want to help. They want to help, and but there's this as you say, Luke, these boxes of conditioning that are put on them and that would drain their state, drain their energy to be able to serve and, and help others. And so I'm curious for, for the journeypreneur, the entrepreneur that is on this journey of serving others, mm -hmm. like, what would you say to someone who is kind of stuck in that box of conditioning and thinking maybe I should just throw in the towel, right? Maybe, maybe I'm not cut out for this, etc. Because you've been on your journey for quite some time and you may, I don't know, but you may have had an experience where you could have thrown in the towel to say, Oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. How did you make it through and what would you say to them who are listening or watching right now? Wow, that's a, that's a good question. Uh, I think the first thing I would say now, and maybe that answer would have been different 10 years ago, and that would be throw the towel, throw it out. Mean, but in the following way. Allow yourself to feel the way you feel. Investigate, because too often we don't allow us, ourselves to feel negative emotions. You know, I see that all the time. Oh, I don't like uh, no, negative people. No way, not in my business. I see that often. And you know what I tell them? Why are you so negative with negative emotions? <laughs> it's, like, it's like a loop. It's, it's like a pattern, a loop inside the personality. It's, it's ridiculous. It's so funny to watch. But so then I would, I would actually, yeah, that's, that's my answer. It's it just sort of coming out now. Allow yourself to feel the way you do. Find a buddy, find a friend, 
talk to someone, allow it to come out. Because what keeps you in that state is not wanting to be in that state. Because that state is part of the information system that's telling you something and you don't want to listen. Maybe it's been telling you for years that this is not where you're going to be the most successful. In that position, just much like the client I was telling you about earlier, his name is Nicolas, Nicholas. Um, he sort of started this little business. It became huge. He's got 150 employees and a big business and he's doing really well. It's amazing. And he didn't close through confinement because he's got some stuff that he does that's essential services. So, I mean, he's actually more busy than he was. But he's sick and tired of being a president, general manager. And when I see his personality traits, he doesn't have the personality for that. He, he likes to, to you know, play with things and he likes to work with others and fix things. Now he's stuck because he created a company. And of course, we don't think that, oh, it's my business. I should hire somebody to manage it. No, I mean, we, it's like we get caught and do that wheel. And then we find ourselves five years later managing a company and we're not really good at it. So listen, if, especially if that message comes back, you want to throw the towel again and again and again. Well, throw it. Meaning, listen, what is it saying? Because let's bring everything we talked about at, at another level for the ones who are intellectually inclined, want to understand. So see it this way. Three brains, what are they? They're three, they're three information centers. So you can make all your decisions from one information center, or you can rely on the information that's here, the information that's here, and the information that's in your gut. That's a lot more information. And guess what? When your vision becomes clear and you feel it, you say it, you do it, you're coherent. It's one. What you think, what you feel, what you say, what you do is one. And according to neurosciences today, when we're trying to define what is leadership, it's a simple definition. Leadership is the coherence of the brains. And are we all becoming Richard Branson? Hell no. He's fantastic, but we need all the different leaderships. How about the quiet, unassuming, humble, thinking about things, figuring it out before they move, not taking undesired risks? That's a different leadership, but it's a leadership that brings stability into a company. How about the one that wants to move ahead and, and do things? That's another kind of leadership. But in our society, we're looking up to the charismatic. Well, I know some leaders who don't look charismatic a single bit. But when you sit with them, you see that charisma is not something that's like that all the time. There can be so... A friend of mine, who, uh, Eve, who, with whom I developed that zone of her performance, very, very subtle, solid, a rhythm going through life at a regular pace, not running like crazy like I do sometimes. But when he's in the team, that vibe, which is in his heart, has people calm down. How about that as leadership? 
So there's all kinds of leaderships. There's 7 billion types of leadership on the planet. But what do they have in common? Coherence of the brain. What I think, what I feel, what's happening in my body, in my instinct, my needs being met, and what I do, that's one. I love it. Can I answer your question? What was the question? Yeah, what would you say about throwing the towel? Yeah. Because sometimes I can get lost in my own conversation. So I need people like you to bring me back sometime. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm the type of person where I enjoy getting lost with. (laughs) No, this is so perfect. Um, This is so perfect. I love it. To throw the towel and allow it. Yeah. Yeah. And and it, it... you know, if you've been stuck in, in, in that space, it, it all of this that we're talking about can look like mumbo jumbo, hairy fairy. What are we talking about? That's normal, because you, if you've been used to be able to explain everything and, and dissect everything, then we don't have enough time in a podcast to to satisfy that. But I'm saying satisfy that. Go further, find out, ask questions, listen to that brain, and listen to the other brains too. And the way to get there, it's simple. Every hour, stop. Love yourself for a change by giving you a minute to not be a human doing, but be a human being. And listen to that brain, listen to that brain, listen to that brain. And oftentimes you'll realize that they're not saying the same thing. Oftentimes you'll realize that one or two of the brain ain't being listened at all. So it's going to yell louder and louder so you listen. Because what we truly need for leadership on the planet now, especially now, is coherent leaders. When they're coherent, they're not managing, directing, leading from the head. They're doing it from the heart. Another way to look at it is the conversation in the head The one that says, uh, okay, if I show you, I've got this on the table here. Can you see what that is? Salt. Okay, it may not be a good example. Oh, there it is. What is that? Candle. Where's the candle? In your hand. No, it's not. Let's do it quickly together. The candle ain't in my hand. There's a glass with, with, with something in it. Let's not get too caught up in that. But... If I was to show this to somebody who's never seen this, they wouldn't know what it is. Uh-huh. So the candle is in your box of conditioning. You've been conditioned to, to remember that when you see that, oh, that's, that's what it is. It's a candle. If I give you keys, oh, those are keys. You know what to do with keys. Super efficient system. So the representative of that system is the voice in your head. I call him the warehouse manager. So the warehouse manager, so fast, so efficient. I showed you this and right away, candle. Went in the warehouse, looked for the signification, matched the images and got into your head and say, candle. You, you didn't even think about it, but all of that happened. There was a, a retrieve, retrieving information process for you to say, candle. That's the warehouse manager. Um, So we've given the leadership of our life to a warehouse manager. 
And if there are warehouse managers in here, I'm not speaking about them. It's a metaphor. A warehouse manager ain't a president. Who's the president? The heart. Mm. The heart. Because the heart, and it's been known for centuries through so many traditions, all religions, all traditions say the same thing. Courage is in the heart. Leadership is in the heart. Empathy is in the heart. All the good qualities that Spock in Star Trek, for those who remember that, was looking for is in the heart. So how about if, yeah, how about if we led from the heart? And there's a resistance from the mind, the intellect, the reasoning brain to say, okay, let's do that. Why? Because we've abandoned our hearts. So fortunately enough, we were able to manage some kind of a life because our warehouse manager saw that in the office of the president, nobody was home. So somebody had to do something. So before it lets go, the president needs to be in the office again and again and again. And maybe after a few days, a few weeks, a few months, the warehouse manager will go, wow, he's here again. I can let go of that and just do my job. What happens then? Really for sure, what happens then? Scientifically speaking, mental processes speed up. You remember things, it's easier because the dedication of that brain is to do its job. Candle, glass, uh, rock, whatever it might be. Here's how I'd react in that situation. That's what we did before, it works. And then the heart will go, it worked then. Thank you for the information, dear brain, dear warehouse manager but I'm not feeling it right now because the heart, another metaphor would be if I was to compare the heart. So the brain here and the brain here, the brain here would be a glass filled with all kinds of stuff. And sometimes we have to empty it to put more stuff in it, but this is the ocean. And we've been trying to fit the ocean into this glass. We'll never be able to do it. This is when we want to throw the towel, trying to lead it from the head as opposed to the heart the warehouse manager leading our life as opposed to the president. So we need to give back leadership to our hearts. And it's not that difficult to do, but you can do it the way the mind thinks it needs to be done. Thus, resistance to those kinds of conversations. It does not want to let go of being a president because when it did, if it did in the past, it didn't work because the president left again. Know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. This is such a rich, rich topic. Like I get the sense mm -hmm. this is indeed only the tip of the iceberg, Luke. And so, with with that, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's so funny that you'd bring up the tip of the iceberg because I often say after after conferences that now we just touched the antenna of the ant on the dirt on the tip of the iceberg <laughs> and i love it i love it this is this is my favorite i love um to explore even further and so do my journeypreneurs so with that in mind i want to ask you like i believe in celebrating um mm. like you i also believe in connecting um good people because when more good people connect more good happens in the world when more good uh, Money more could happen. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. With that, 
where do we go? Where are my people going to connect with you, to give you like the positive recommendation and support you? Where can they to connect? Okay, well, they can go on NUCO International, N-U-C-O. And we, we called it NUCO Entrepreneurs will, will love that one because we were looking for a name and we were being presented with a name we didn't like. And then out of desperation, the communication marketing consultant said, oh, what the hell, we'll call it like a lawyer, NUCO. You know, because lawyers do that. When you have a new project, before you have the name, they'll start, you know, you know, doing the financing and all that stuff, and they'll call it N-E-W-C-O at the beginning. Ah. But uh, but we heard it like N-U-C-O, so it became the name. NUCO International wanted to keep it fresh, keep it open, to keep it new. So N-U-C-O, pronounced NUCO International in one word, dot com. When you arrive on the site, it's going to be in French, but there's a thing on the right corner. You click English and you'll have information there. It's going to ask you, do you want to be in the newsletter? You can do that. Uh, or you can write to me at uh, Luke Cardinal, even simpler, info at newcointernational.com. Uh, I've got trainings on site, very affordable. Uh, some coaching can be done. And you know what I like to do when, when the, we have events like this? Uh, they can connect through you and I can send you a link like you do where they just click on it and they, they can tap right into my agenda and get a 30-minute free consultation just to get us started. No obligations, um, but I would insist on that. If they can do one thing, if anything, do the exercise. Every hour, what was I thinking about? How am I feeling? What is my need? That's one thing they can do. They want to go a bit further. They can go on the site. Uh, they want to know more. They can, through you, maybe you can email. I don't know how you do it, but they can get my Calendly link to book a 30-minute free consultation. And it's not a sales pitch. And today was not a sales pitch either. I'm so enthusiastic and, and, and passionate about what I do. And I've got a good business. Um, but I, like you, and like your clients, and like the ones listening, we want to help. And the best way to help is to help one another that are here, present. And, of course, I've got knowledge that not that many people seem to have. That comes with the personality, and I love my personality, my box of conditioning. I had to adapt to my environment like everybody else, and I needed to have a lot of creativity. So I, I have a personality with a very, very high uh, originality in terms of thinking patterns. So that's why I search many things that when I come up with it and I put it all together, people go, oh, why didn't I hear that before? Well, yeah. So it's very new information. Uh, and I, th I think we can, uh, I can sort of summarize it all by saying that you don't need to fight. You don't need to fix yourself. You don't need to, and I said it before, you don't need to remove something. You don't need to better yourself. You just need to shift the eye from personality box of conditioning to who you truly are the human being that had to create a personality which is a software to be in this reality and interact with matter and with other human beings mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. beautifully said mm. i'm so grateful for you luke so, so am i i've got shivers all over right now something's going on something <laughs> Somebody, maybe one person, really got something out of this, and that makes me truly, truly happy. And right after this, I'm gonna well, let me show you something. 
why not while we're at it this this is where i'm sitting right now so i'm going to jump right into the pool this is what coherence brought into my life <laughs> or i know i wouldn't be here uh so i'm jumping right into the pool feeling so much gratitude for being with you uh, on this podcast and uh i don't know how many people but even if it's one i'm so happy to have been here but it's probably hundreds knowing you <laughs> oh, i love you Yes, Luke. Thank you so much, brother. Enjoy Mexico. Enjoy the the wonderful energy there. It's so well deserved. Oh, so good. Mm, thank you. Love you. Thank you so much. And we'll talk soon. Absolutely. I'm going to turn it over to our listeners and viewers. So one second. Huh? Uh, to those of you who are new to the Journeypreneur podcast, welcome. Thank you for stopping by. If you're listening on iTunes, make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave us a five-star review because that's where you can leave me comments. I want to hear what did Luke say that really touched you in your heart? Um, did you get the chills as well from some of the insights that he was channeling through? I would love to hear stories. And thank you to those of you who have shared. Uh, with me. It fills my cup to continue to share this podcast as well as it lets more journeypreneurs like you know that this is a wonderful place uh, to receive inspiration and restoration. So with that, I would love to tie a lovely bow on our time together today with the same thing I say every time to end each podcast. Please remember to enjoy the journey. Do not lose your glow as you grow in life and business. And we'll see you in the next podcast episode. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Thank you. Bye-bye.